0: In 1992, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, a genetic lung disease that, as a kid, I learned uh, the life expectancy was in the teens. Whoa, right? And I'm 39 as of Christmas Day. How about that? Yeah? Come on. Yeah. I'm going to be almost 40. Woo. Yeah. I'm getting excited up here. (laughs) 2000 has been quite a year, huh? 2020, yeah? For some of you, maybe you had a life-changing year, just like I did in 1992. We all have these years where there's extra grace required, isn't there? Right? We've all been there. You can go back down memory lane and you have your year. Life circumstances can either make you bitter or they can make you better, right? We get to choose. I hope you know that. You get to choose bitter or better. And Jesus, he is better, isn't he? See, bitter people aren't fun to be around. Let me just tell you, I've been that bitter person. My wife knows I've been that bitter person, and I'm not fun to be around sometimes. I let it in sometimes, and it gets roots sometimes. Even, even yesterday, I was dealing with some stuff that was in there, and I'm like, no, 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 this is not getting a root. So she's like, you better get some time, bro. So I, I had some time with the Lord, spent like an hour, right, getting, getting that bitterness out, right, you can't, can't let that take root in your life. A lot of times I listen to these lies that come in. I, just, I lie to myself a lot of times, to be honest. Just talk, self-talk, right? We all do this. And then we listen to good, well-meaning lies, like people who invest in our lives. Like sometimes they're listening to the lies and they pass it on to us. Or the world we live in just lies to us. I mean, Satan himself is called the master liar. I mean, he lies to us. I got some head stuff. I I get in my head a lot. I got some issues, right? Uh, I I deal with uh, suicidal thoughts. I've dealt dealt with uh, depression and these different things in my life. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you have as well. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk to you about sometimes we're hurting and we're in pain and we can't discern the truth from the air. So I'm glad you're with us, Crossview Church. Whether you're online, you're making eggs in the back, you're driving as you're listening in, or you're right here with us in person, it's a joy to be with you. And so let's listen to the truth of what God wants to teach us through his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that we get to look in your word. We get to go to you for truth. You get to refresh us and we, we get the opportunity to glorify you and to be in relationship with you and to listen to you because you love us. May you speak today through your word to each one of us. We love you, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. So when I was first diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, this genetic lung disease, I was with my dad. And my dad taught me, Bible verses. I love these Bible verses. Some of you might have your own Bible verses. Isaiah forty-one ten, It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And Luke 137. Nothing is impossible with God. I've clung to those A long time until 2017 I got this new opportunity bonus round I had a double lung transplant and coming out of that God gave me three statements they're truths that I want to pass on to you that's what I'm going to talk about today I want to give them to my family to my circle of influence and that happens to be you today so here are the truths God loves you you are loved by God you are eternal And you are worth it. These truths, they're going to help you turn your bitterness to better. That's my goal today. All right? So we're going to dive into these. Truth number one, you are loved by God. God loves you. He has a huge purpose for your life. One of my favorite passages is John chapter 9. If you have a Bible, you can open up. If you have a phone, you can turn there. If you have the app, the Crossview app, you can get the sermon notes there. It'll have all the scriptures there that I'm going to refer to. John chapter 9 is so good. I love the story. Read the whole chapter later. It's a great story. I'm going to focus on verse 3 for this point. You are loved by God. It says this, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, "This happened so the power of God could be seen in him." It's talking about the story of the man born blind, and people are saying, "Who sinned? This man or his parents?" This is so encouraging for me because man was well, like you know walking through life with a genetic disease. I'm like. What did I do? Did I deserve this? You know, what did my parents do? Come on now. What, what did I do? And Jesus, no, 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 no. I'm going to read this again. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. God wants to use each one of us and our stories to show off His power and His glory. So Jesus makes mud. He rubs it on the guy's eyes. If you remember this, you can read it. It's a fascinating story. He tells the, the guy to go wash in the city pool. The guy obeys. How crazy is that? He obeys and he goes and he washes in the city pool. Can you imagine washing your face and looking up and whoa, wonder? Wow, I can see. Right? That that happens to us when we walk through painful things and Jesus and we encounter Jesus. It's like, whoa. Have you encountered the love of Jesus yet? Have you encountered like his presence yet? Maybe you're like the man born blind. Maybe you're sitting on the side of the road begging for alms. And you haven't encountered Jesus yet. Well, I hope today. I hope today that you encounter Jesus. I hope today through this message that you hear about the love of Jesus. Now, I needed this. My parents knew it. I have two older brothers, Israel and Judah, and I'm Jedediah, the baby of the family. And they purposely picked our names. And my name means loved by God. They knew I'd need to hear that every day over and over again, loved by God. Some of us just need to hear that a bit more than others. John three sixteen says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, right? Uh, um, that, that, uh, that, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's is for all of us. God gave his son for all of us, that we could have life, life with him, life eternal. So I'm standing before you today to proclaim to you, you are loved by God. He's crazy about you, right? This God, creator of the universe, this God who's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. He's sovereign. He's in control of all things. This God who's really real. This God who says he is love, like true love. This, this God who people are every single person. Everyone's going to fall on their face and worship before this God. He's awestruck. He loves you no matter what you've done, what's been to you, done to you, no matter where you've been. He is crazy about you. Now, God tells me this sometimes (laughs) because he knows I need it. He tells us this in our own special ways sometimes because he knows what our needs are. And so one time when when I had received a a, a news of my lung function dropping and it was going to change our lives a bit, and, and it was going to affect our lives. There's these different moments throughout our lives that, that 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 God encounters us, and He encountered me in this moment, and He whispered into me, "Jedediah, I love you." There's one of those moments, right, the top of your head to the tip of your toes. You're like, whoa, and you feel it. Just get those shivers, and you know, like it's going to be okay. I've encountered God like this. I've encountered God. I hope you have as well. And I'm not crazy, okay? I'm, I'm, I, a little bit, a little bit. Ask my kids. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit crazy. But I want you to encounter God's love in this way as well, just like I have. Ah, no matter who you think you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, Jesus is crazy about you. Not only are you loved, but you are eternal. Second point. Here's a truth, get this in you. You are eternal, everyone is eternal. Now just pause a second, let that sink in. Everyone is eternal. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Heaven and hell are really real. The Bible talks about it right in here there is uh, after death no opportunities to change the verdict there's no purgatory you can't pray people into heaven there's nothing no good works that are going to get you into heaven it, it it's real there's heaven and hell the bible talks about it you can look it up matthew 25 31 through 46 uh, revelation 20 11 through 21 8 luke 16 uh, 19 through 31 all throughout the bible you're going to see talks about heaven and hell. We're going we're to look specifically at Revelation. So the very last book of the Bible, you can open up very last at the very end, uh, getting close to it anyway, chapter 20. If you go to Revelation chapter 20, the beloved John wrote this. He wrote down what he saw, and you'll see this here, Revelation 20, 11. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Then, when I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, from his presence earth and sky fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. You might have heard of that before. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then the death of, and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and the second death, the lake of fire. Now verse 15 here. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is referring to hell. This is referring to eternal separation from God. Eternal separation From love. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. Not one of us. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. No one is better than another. We have all sinned. And this perfect God who can have nothing to do with sin, we can't be with him with sin. We've all sinned. We all deserve death, eternal death. I love it where, where it says in Romans 6:23, "The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God desires all people to come to a knowledge of Him. He desires all people to receive forgiveness of sin, to, to repent and know Him and receive His saving grace and mercy. He desires this for every single one of us. Let's pick up in Revelation 21. We see here a picture of heaven. Then I saw the new heaven, the new earth, and the heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. This is heaven with God. Look at verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. There shall be no mourning, no crying, nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. Can you picture this? this is awesome. This is so good. Who wouldn't want this? Let's keep going in verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down. These are the words are trustworthy and true. You can trust in these words. They're trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. This is grace. This is grace. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And verse 8. Look at verse 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars, remember, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me. This is what it says. Their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, that's tough to talk about, but it's real. Heaven and hell are really real. And without Jesus, we are going to be eternally separated from God. Forever. Eternal torment. Hell is really real. I want to remind you. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but the death rate these days is 100%, 100% death rate. No matter how much wealth we have, no matter, no matter how, how poor you are, right? No matter how smart you are, no matter how much, you know, you can't take anything with you. We're all gonna die, every single one of us. And there's heaven and hell, and they're really real, and everyone is eternal. Fatalism is not true. Fatalism teaches that you just live life now, your best life ever, right? Live your best life now. And, and then you die and you just go to the dust. Six feet under, it's over. That's what fatalism teaches. It's not true. It's not true. Heaven and hell are really real. Your body will go into the ground. The you, that's you, yeah? Your soul, that's eternal, it's going to live on. And if you're in Christ, if you have a relationship with him, you'll receive a new body in heaven. And if you don't have a relationship with him, you're going to spend eternity in hell separated from God, internal torment, separated from love. That's just, that's the truth. And I want to tell you the truth. I want to be a truth teller. And church, I just want to talk to you for a second. I want to press pause here. It's easy for me to get up here and tell you the truth. It's a lot harder for me in my individual personal friendships and relationships to share this gospel, to share this good news. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to tell you the truth. Here's the deal. Sometimes I get scared. Sometimes I'm too lazy. Sometimes I'm too busy. And I bet you are as well. And I just want to tell you what that actually means is if you really believe heaven and hell are really real, You have to hate somebody not to tell them the truth. You love yourself way too much if you're not willing to share the gospel. I've been selfish. Good thing Jesus isn't selfish, right? Good thing he wasn't too lazy. Good thing he told the truth. Good thing he did what it took and went the distance for us. What about us? Are we willing to count the cost? Are we willing to go the distance for our friends and family? Are we willing to tell the hard truth and talk about this stuff? Here's the good news. Here's the gospel in its simplest form, right? Jesus died on the cross for you, paid the price for you. Jesus rose again and defeated death, and Jesus is Lord. He's King. He's ruler of all. This is the good news. Do you believe it? Have you said yes to Jesus? He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. This isn't about religion and stuff we've got to do. It's about a relationship where Jesus came to us. That's what we just celebrated, right? Through his grace and mercy, he allowed us to have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. Are we willing to give up everything? Are we willing to count the cost to follow Jesus? Are we willing to die for his name? This is what he asks of us. Would you be willing to go all in? Would you be willing to say yes to Jesus today? He wants a relationship with you. So not only are we loved, not only are we eternal, but I want to tell you this, you are worth it. This is one that I struggle with the most. And I want to tell you this in a way that's God glorifying and Christ-centered. You are worth it. Listen in. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, it says, Knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers. Press pause. Ransom simply means you're bought at the highest price. You were pardoned, you were paid for, you're redeemed. Right? From the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. That means we were generational sin. We were born into sin. They passed on sin to us. And we were bought not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Now, it's not the things we do that make us worth our value. It's not how much money we have, right? But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You were paid for at the highest price. God himself is the one who gives you your value and your worth. Let that sink in. God himself is the one who gives you your value and your worth. I learned this as I was looking death in the face. I had received uh, my first dry run. A dry run is basically where you're waiting on the transplant list and you get this phone call. It's a big deal. You ought to answer all your phone calls. And you get this phone call, right? And you pick up the phone. They say, hey, we have a set of lungs for you. You have your bags packed already. You get in the car. You drive to the hospital as fast as you can and not get pulled over enough. You know, just get there safely and soundly. And and then you get prepped and ready to go in a hospital room while The the surgical team is being gathered and the lungs are being harvested and and being prepared. And and then uh, you wait, are the lungs going to be good? Is everybody, all the details gonna work out? So I had one dry run already, it didn't work out. I got my second phone call, my second phone call. Yep, so that's kind of the dry run there, that picture there. Got the second phone call. I'm at uh, 11% lung function. I'm having a hard time living at this time. I'm I'm kind of tired, to be honest with you. I just want to kind of go home. I'm like I've lived a good life, you know what I mean? Like this has been a good ride. I know you got you might be wondering what you're crazy. Yeah, you just got to be there to really understand, right? And then I got my head issues. Remember, I'm at some mental issues and and I'm going through some things. I'm I'm telling myself, I'm starting to listen to some lies and I'm going, my family would be better off without me. Uh, Man, if I just went home now, I wouldn't have to worry about the long-term burden I'd be on people, the the financial burden, the the health insurance, all these things. I'm just, you know, I'm listening to these lies, right? Trying to convince myself that now I'm going to remove my name from this, this transplant list. Well, I get the second call. I get the second call. It's like, all right, bags packed, ready to go. Adrenaline rush again. We 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 get to the hospital. They they get me all prepped and and they actually roll me down this time. And they have me in this thing I'm calling a holding room. And in the holding room, uh, be, while the surger, surgical area is being prepped, uh, they they come in one by one. Each each. A member of the surgical team and introduced themselves, their name and their role to me, which was kind of kind. I like that. And the surgeon came in last, and and he came in and uh, he says, "I'm Dr. DiAlavera, and and I'll be doing your surgery." And and uh, great guy. And, and and then I signed some paperwork, and it kind of says, "Hey, I'll donate my body to science if things don't work out." And and I'm waiting in this holding room, and my heart just starts pounding out of my chest. I'm just getting anxious, and I'm praying to God. And I know God's always with me, and He's everywhere. And I'm praying. I'm like, why am I so anxious? Why am I so worried about this? You know, I'm a, I'm a man of God. I shouldn't be. You know, I, mean? I have to go. All these thoughts, right? I'm a, I'm a headcase. And and uh, it's like God entered the room. You know, like like just like the the surgeon did. He entered the room, and just peace, peace fell over the room. It's an overwhelming peace. My heart settled down. I was like. Whoa, it's like, I can't describe it. It's indescribable. And he said, Jedidiah, I love you. Oh, Same thing, just shivers, right? I love you. And he went on to say, he said, Jed, I want you to fight with all my power, all my strength, all my energy, because you are worth it. that changed everything for me went in the surgical room you know I was, just had peace and the the team they say you know they do their their green lights and all this stuff and then I'm out and I wake up uh and I have this this tube down me and a, this breathing tube and and my wife's holding my hand and finally they take out the breathing tube finally I say finally because that's that's a big deal <laughs> get that thing out of there and uh and she tell my wife says, "You didn't get the lungs." I'm like, "What? But I had peace. I had peace, because God had already met me and already prepared me for this, so I could go the distance and wait for my next phone call. And the third phone call I got on uh, September 2nd, 2017, I got new lungs. Thank you to my donor family, my donor, right? My medical staff and wow, I'm so thankful to Jesus. I got my new lungs and so you can see the picture of my surgery and you can see my, I got my awesome lung pillow there and I'm, I got my bonus round. This is incredible, right? I know each one of you have your own story that you need to hear these words. Uh, where God is saying, I love you. I want you to fight with all my energy, all my strength, everything I'm going to give you because you are worth it. He says, never give up. Never give up. Jesus paid the highest price for you. He loves you with the greatest love ever. A love that never, ever Fails. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. He already knows you. He says, come on, I want you. Like, like, say yes to Jesus to spend eternity with him. He wants you to understand the truly abundant life that you can have no matter what your circumstances. You can have joy in the midst of it. Whether he heals you or not, you can trust him. You can trust him because he's always going to do the best thing for you. James, the brother of Jesus, says it. And, and think about this. If, if James, Jesus' brother, says you're God, right? If James, your, if your brother says you're God, you can trust, right? So, so James says Jesus is God, so you can, you can trust that Jesus is God. Here you go. James says in chapter 1, 2 through 4, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let that steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. And then we see Paul, the Christian killer, right? And if there's a Christian killer who radically is transformed and then he writes these words in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, you can trust it. You can trust what God's Word says. This is what Jesus said to him when he was begging, take away the the thorn in my flesh, whatever. He was crying out to God to have, have God heal him. And this is what Jesus says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then I am content with weakness, insult, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Think about this. Think about this. Let's let's look at this again. I am content in the midst of a pandemic in 2020 and whatever is coming in 2021, 22, 23. Do you see that? Why? Because of grace, because of God's grace. Look at Luke 137. Nothing is impossible with God. It's all for his glory. By the grace of God we go. Isn't he good? He is so good. Since my double lung transplant, I've changed my have to to a get to. It's no longer I have to go out for a run. It's I get to go out for a run. It's no longer I, I, I have to deal with this hard thing. It's I get to deal with this hard thing. It's no longer I, I, I have to parent. I get to parent. My kids are awesome, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is awesome. So, so why do I say this? Why? Because the way you think shapes the way you live. The way you think shapes the way you live. When you listen to the lies, you live according to those lies. When you listen to the truth, you live according to the truth. So you see, when you have clarity, it produces confidence. I'm trying to give you some clarity here. When you have clarity, it gives you confidence. And confidence leads to what? Courage to act. To actually be able to obey God and what he wants for you. To to never give up to have patient endurance in these hard times, right? Uh, So, clarity gives confidence, which is the courage to act. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, you might be wondering why the title, Be a Buffalo? (laughs) What is that? I mean, everybody's a water buffalo, right? So, that's a good veggie tale, little, little line there for you. All right, just bonus. Be a, be a buffalo. What do buffaloes do? Buffaloes, buffaloes they go into the storm. They, they turn toward the storm and they face it and they go head on through the storm, right? Now, what I've heard is cows, they just kind of hunker down, right, in the herd. Sometimes they, they run away from the storm. So why do buffaloes go into the storm? Well, it, it, it's a lot less time, right? They just go right in and the storm passes over. Otherwise, if we run away from it, the storm just follows us, right? So be a buffalo says, hey, hey, go face that storm. Go, go head on into whatever you're dealing with, whatever obstacle you have. Is it a new diagnosis that you got to deal with now? Is it a, a relationship maybe that you need to end and, and cut out of your life? Is it maybe a relationship that you need to start and you need to face it and you need to... Go, maybe it's with Jesus, and you need to look at this seriously and face it. Go head, head first there. Maybe it's a job that you need to quit. Maybe it's a job you need to pursue. Maybe it's a conflict that you have been avoiding, <laughs> and you need to face it. Maybe it's a habit or an addiction that you need to look square in the eyes and say, I'm going to conquer this thing. I'm going after this with God's help, His energy, Right? Maybe, maybe it's a decision that you need to follow through on until the end. You need to make that decision and you need to go after it. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's be buffalo, right? Let's run into these storms. I am loved by God. I am eternal. I am worth it. May we go and tell everybody. We each have a story. I don't care who you are. You have a story to tell. Use your story to bring glory to God, to show off his power, and to be courageous in telling everybody you encounter this good, good news with his power. I want to remind you of this. I want to remind you of this. Nothing God commands you to do is impossible for you to do. I'm going to say it again. Nothing God commands you to do is impossible for you to do. May you go and do what God's telling you to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your word and its truth. May we listen to it. May we know how to apply it into our lives. May it transform us. May we live this bonus round you give us with all your strength, all your energy, helping as many people meet, know, and follow you as possible. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.